0: Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from the lands of the Gadigal people. This is ABC News Daily. Do you get a sense the pandemic could almost be over? COVID-19 restrictions are lifting and our lives seem to be edging back to what they were like before we were plunged into the crisis in 2020 today epidemiologist Professor Tony Blakely and why there's a very high chance we're nearing the end WHO has been assessing this outbreak around the clock and we're deeply concerned both by the alarming levels of spread and severity and by the alarming levels of inaction. Tony Blakely, on the 11th of March 2020, the World Health Organisation Director-General declared coronavirus a global pandemic. I'm sure you can remember that moment.
1: I actually thought it was a little bit overdue in coming and that we were well into it already by then. COVID-19 can be characterised as a pandemic. As somebody who's trained and practices public health medicine, you read, I've written history books that include the 1918 pandemic, and you count how lucky we have been to not have a major pandemic till now. So my thoughts were, here we go.
0: Mm, It seems like a lifetime ago now, of course. And the world's recorded close to 6.5 million deaths across the world since that time.
1: And it will be substantially more than that. The number of deaths that are actually recorded are a gross underestimate. You can probably at least double that estimate.
0: So you think it's more like around 12
1: million? Something like that.
0: Mm, It's a pretty grim figure, isn't it? None of us at that time really had any idea, did we of what to expect, how long this was going to last. How does it compare now to other pandemics?
1: Well, we're certainly up there with the 1918 one and we are exceeding both the health and the societal costs, impacts of anything we've experienced since World War II. This is right out there.
0: Let's have a look at what's happening now because the head of the WHO has been speaking again and I think all of our ears pricked up. Last week... The number of weekly reported deaths from COVID-19 was the loss since March 2020. The end is in sight. What does he mean? What did he say?
1: Well, I think what's going on in the back of his mind is that the frequency with which we're seeing new variants come up is looking like it's starting to slow down. That with the amount of immunization in the world, I think over 60% of people are double-dosed around the world, so that's great. We're becoming more resilient. That simply with the amount of people have been infected, it's well over half of us, we're carrying forward hybrid immunity, the immunity from both vaccination and natural infection, the immunity from natural infection, and all those things put us into a position where we're more resilient no matter what the virus froze at us. But it also looks like, or maybe it's us hoping, that the virus is starting to run out a bit of steam and places to go with the new mutations it can have and where it can evolve to.
0: So into a position where the end of the pandemic is in sight, the US President Joe Biden on the American 60 Minutes program, he went even further than that. The pandemic is over. We still have a problem with COVID. We're still doing a lot of work on it. Uh, it's But the pandemic
1: is over. Yeah. Declaring when a pandemic's over is a damn sight easier to do in 10 years from now because we simply don't know what tomorrow is going to throw at us and we're all trying to make predictions and of course we do that. That's the way as human beings we function. I hope... Well, actually, I'm pretty confident, I'm 90% confident that the worst of the pandemic has is, is passed, is over, it's behind us, even more than 90%. But I can't rule out that black swan event. I think the scenarios that we're looking at now, you can put them into three camps, I think. One is that the virus has got as good as it can get and BA5 is its evolutionary peak. And even if it doesn't mutate much going forward, it will still keep coming back every four, or five months or so, something like that. But each time it pops up again, it will be less severe. The second one is that Omicron hasn't run out of gas yet and it throws us more Omicron-like variants. Uh, that'll be a little bit more problematic, but not too bad because we'll be taking forward our previous Omicrons. And then the third one is that, you yeah, this is the one that we we just simply don't know whether it'll occur, and if it does, we don't know how bad it will be. Is it something like Delta or Beta or even something completely new of the SARS-CoV-2 throws up something in us that is both more infectious and more virulent, in which case we won't be back to square one, because we'll still have systems in place, societal systems, we'll have our immunity from the SARS-CoV-2 that we've seen. But that would be problematic and, you know, we may have to go back to working from home and stuff like that. But I sincerely hope that does not happen.
0: So what needs to happen, Tony, so we continue on the current path, which sounds pretty positive. I mean, what do we need to do to make sure we stay on that path?
1: Well, there's always luck, but we can't rely on just luck. We need to be prepared for the unexpected. So... You know, I sometimes think about this like Bob the Builder driving a digger or something like that, and there's all those levers that you've got to lift the shovel up and all those sorts of things. Those levers still sit there. So if Omicron froze at us BA6 and BA7 and it's a little bit problematic, we can just turn a couple of the levers back on and put masks back on in more environments do massive campaigns to get everybody or as many people as possible to be reboosted for whatever's thrown at us. We can turn those levers back on and that is fine. That is not failure. That is about preparedness. That's about being flexible, adaptive, nimble. It's 100 years since our last major pandemic. Maybe it's only five years to the next big one. We just don't know. So we have to be prepared and have those mechanisms of society and medicine and public health sitting there ready to turn on again if we need them.
0: Mm, I can see there are some health professionals and politicians that are pretty concerned that we're moving too fast. With lifting some of these restrictions, mask mandates, of course, are being lifted in, in a lot of places across Australia. The isolation period has been reduced from seven to five days. And I think they're concerned that with the Northern Hemisphere winter, Australia could be vulnerable to a new virus variant
1: could be the case. And that's what some people are seeing in the crystal ball. What I would say, though, is I think we're in a different place now than we were in 2020. So health considerations are just one facet of society. There's also the liberties we want. We want the economy ticking along. We want our freedoms to not wear a mask, all those sorts of things. And so the considerations at the moment of questions like, should masks be mandatory on public transport? Personally, I think it's Probably not a bad idea. It's a low cost imposition on individuals. But society has the right to make those decisions for its democratic and political processes.
0: The WHO declared the pandemic had begun in March 2020. Will the WHO also declare when it's over? I know you said that we might have to wait 10 years for that, but presumably the WHO won't wait 10, will it?
1: No. So they will progressively stand down those alerts those authorities in the next few months, I would imagine. But just as we've talked about the Australasian capacity to be prepared for whatever's in front of us, the World Health Organisation's exactly the same position. They'll be keeping a high watch on pandemic preparedness and have all those mechanisms ready to turn on again, if necessary.
0: Mm, what will the parameters be for the declaration that the pandemic is over? What What do the figures need to look like for that to happen
1: that's a bit of an art. We're now down to about 20% of the peak in deaths per day now compared to the previous pandemic, so that's tracking well. I would expect, and again, I don't know, but I would expect you know, getting down to 10 or 5% of that daily mortality count, you'd be feeling pretty comfortable because then you're back down to the sort of levels that you would expect for influenza, and I don't want to be trite in suggesting that COVID will be just like influenza. It'll be actually COVID will just become whatever COVID is going to become. But once it's settled down to a level like that, you don't need to have those emergency powers and a declaration of a pandemic. And we need to get back to focusing on other things. For example, the huge death toll from tobacco. So to give the listeners a bit of a sense here, we've got some work under review at the moment where we looked at the health loss from COVID-19 in the four months of the Omicron BA-1-2 wave, so the first four months of 2022. If you tally up all the health loss from people getting sick and the deaths from people dying, it was quote-unquote only 2.4% of all the health loss that occurred in Australia in those four months. So it stands out, yep, yeah, but it's not as big as things like all cancers and coronary disease and obesity burdens.
0: What does everyday life look like once the WHO declares we're done, the pandemic is over?
1: Well, I think it'll be a continuation of what we're seeing now, where we've got less emphasis on the COVID data. So, for example, in Australia, we've moved from daily numbers to weekly numbers. Maybe we'll move to monthly surveillance reports. It'll move into the background. But the trick is we don't want it to completely disappear from the background because we need to be Ready for the unexpected. So, thinking ahead, we've done extremely well to manage COVID in Australia, I'm one of the best countries. Great, congratulations to ourselves. We need to learn from that stuff going forward so that we're ready to respond if it blows up again. This virus will keep circulating, probably many, many years, if not indefinitely, in some form or other.
0: Professor Tony Blakely is an epidemiologist at the University of Melbourne. In the US, President Biden has been criticised for saying the pandemic is over when 400 to 500 Americans are still dying from COVID every day. Here, the average daily death toll for the past seven days is 43 This episode was produced by Flint Duxfield, Sydney Pead and Sam Dunn, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is Stephen Smiley. I'm Sam Hawley. ABC News Daily will be back again tomorrow. You can find all our episodes of the podcast on the ABC Listen app. To get in touch with the team, email us on abcnewsdaily at abc.net.au. Thanks for listening.